0: I don't have to wear glasses anymore, there's only one of you out there, before there was always two or three of you out there, <laughs> if I didn't have my glasses on, so this is good. Um, <clears throat> I do though have to wear readers to be able to see what I'm reading, so my wife gave me these little uh, $2 readers from the, from the store, and so I'm going to probably be sh- taking those on and off, but anyway, I'm, uh, I'm delighted to be here. And uh, it's always a privilege to be able to stand before you and bring God's word. Um, I'm looking forward to that. They've also asked me to share uh, communion with you. And um, I hope I do it right for you guys. (laughs) Because I do it like a Baptist. But I'm going to try to do it like a Presbyterian maybe. (laughs) And we'll see whether that all works out or not. (laughs) So anyway, um, this is the time of year that we generally take time as a culture to examine our motives and goals for the coming year. Now, when I look up, I can't see you with these things on, so I'm gonna look down for a few minutes and read, but forgive me for reading too much. But we often set goals and then most are never reached. I don't know about you, but I've set lots and lots of goals over the years. In fact, I have a phone down in the car that has my list of goals from this last year. And I probably only maybe did three or four of them, <laughs> to be quite honest. I don't know, do you guys identify with that? Is that an issue at times? Yeah. So, um, maybe, never, maybe we never even really try to re- reach those goals. You just set the goal and that is it. That happens to me a lot. I'd like to replace the word goal with the word desperate this morning. And I'd like to ask this question, what are you desperate for? It seems to me that we as Christian people have lost our sense of desperation in so many areas. One that I struggle with is being desperate to see people saved. I want to see people saved. I want to see our country return to being a Christian country, and that means that Basically, we have a very solid base of people who know that they are followers of Jesus. People all around us are headed to hell, according to the Bible. I'm going to ask you this a few times this morning, but do you really believe that? The Bible says, without exception, that there's only one way to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. There's only one way. There's not a whole bunch of different ways. No other religion, no other uh, set of beliefs offers entrance into God's presence save through the blood of Christ. So if the Bible says that and we believe it, they need Jesus and he has called you and me to tell them. I also listed off a number of things I would like to see happen this next year. I'd like to be able to love better. Am I desperate to love people better? I want to be a worshiper. Am I desperate to worship more and better, to draw closer to Him? We're called to submit to one another. That's a hard one, isn't it? Isn't it? And yet, if we're going to see the fellowship grow, we need to learn to submit to one another. I need to learn to be a better submitter, and I'm not. I'm a, I'm a class, what do they call it, a class A person or a, a type A personality. I, I, I'm a driver. I, I, I run off in front of people instead of submit to them. That's a hard one. Am I desperate to give and to grow in the area of trust? We're called to give and trust God with our finances. We're called to love God with all our hearts. Are you and I desperate to do that? What I mean by being desperate is that I will do whatever it takes to get that answered in my life. The scripture is full of admonitions to obey and to make us better people, to draw us nearer to God. Are we desperate to walk in obedience to God's word? I don't know if you've ever really thought about it that way, but this last several weeks, I've been just thinking about how desperate we really need to be and how desperate I am for certain things. I believe, and this is just me, but we're about to move into a very desperate time in our nation. We have uh, two very opposing sides growing up in our nation. And it may bring us to a point of of, um, of something we've never really considered? Are we desperate for God to take control of where we are? It's the new year. Again, typically we as Americans take some time to think of goals and we want to see that we want to see happen in the new year. I believe that as Christians, we certainly should be considering goals of Christian growth that help us become more Christ-like and grow in our faith. I have found that unless I am single-minded and very set on reaching a particular goal that the year will pass, and I'll not get it done no matter how good and necessary it is. I find that a sense of desperation to see something done if I'm going to accomplish whatever it is I want to or need to get done or even what I feel like God is leading me to do, that sense of desperation drives me. Setting a goal is one thing, and I've literally set hundreds of them. But unless I'm desperate, unless I'm pushing with all my might, it doesn't seem like I reach those goals very often. I'd like to suggest this morning that a sense of desperation is lacking in the church in general for the things that God has called us to. Consequently, we're not being salt and light in our culture, and we're seeing, seeing it implode right in front of us. I want to look this morning at a man who was desperate to see. It's interesting, I have to wear these glasses going off. And I, and I want you to know, I, 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 <laughs> when I was 24, they diagnosed me in England with uh, this weird eye thing that makes my eyes want to cross. I've never had crossed eyes. But I was having trouble seeing, and so they put these glasses on me and they increased them to the point where I, <clears throat> they really couldn't increase them anymore. They had gotten so thick on the sides. It was called a prism. <clears throat> so I was desperate, in one sense, to get my eyes fixed because I want to be able to see. <laughs> As you get older, that's important. You know? So what are you desperate for? Again, I want to look this morning... At a man who was desperate to see, meet, he he was desperate to meet and ask Jesus to do something for him. And and far from being put off by him, Jesus answered his plea and healed him. You probably are familiar with the story of blind Bartimaeus. Let's take a look at it this morning. I have six things I want you to grab from it. Six things that I think will help us focus. If you would. So, if you have your Bible, I'm just going to read the passage, a short passage at the end end of Mark 10. Now, they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples. A great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then then many warned him him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made me well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. You want to pray with me for a second? Lord Jesus, give us sight this morning. Give us sight to see what you want to do with us. The goals you want us to set, the things that will give us new life, even though we've been born again. So, Lord Jesus, have your way with us this morning. Touch us by your Spirit. In in your name we pray, amen. Now, the first thing to see is that Blind Bart, I call him Bart, Blind Bart had a job He was a beggar now jesus is entering jericho and he's passing through if if you look right there at verse 46 it says now they came to jericho and as he went out of jericho with his disciples jesus is going through jericho and apparently the crowd and the people had seen him do some things there was this recognition of him in in the place of jericho that uh there's a lot of like gossip going around jesus has done this jesus done that and blind bart had heard about it he'd heard that jesus was walking through now it's interesting who this guy is i I, i've uh, i've probably preached this passage a dozen times or half a dozen times over my course as a minister and when i studied it this time i found out this this was i thought really interesting His name is Bartimaeus. He's the son of Timaeus, which indicates that he was known by Peter and Mark. Now, you understand that the book of Mark was dictated by Peter to Mark. Mark wrote it, but it was was the recollections of Peter's um, interaction with Jesus and what went on in those three years with him. So, Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus in greek but it also means honorable man in hebrew for mark to have used a double meaning name is pretty unlikely in other words he wouldn't have said um, the son of timaeus the son of timaeus bartimaeus would not have been the son of timaeus the son of timaeus probably what it actually meant was the son of honor or an honorable man he was the son of timaeus I think that's interesting because apparently um, Bart had had not been born blind. When the the Jews named their children, they named them after they'd seen them for a few weeks or a month or something in order that their name might have something to do with their character. And so I'm I'm of the understanding that probably uh, blind Bart is what I call him, but Bartimaeus um, was named that as an honorable child because he was a, was a good kid. You know, there was something good about him. And so they named him uh, Bartimaeus, an honorable man, the son of Timaeus. The reason I mention this is that Bart was probably not born blind. Something must have happened to, to make him blind. He'd been an honorable child at some level and was subsequently made a beggar when he went blind. Now, another interesting thing that I found out this time was that the word beggar is not just a bad word, it's a word of station, if you would. Now, follow me in this, but beggar is interesting in that it has the idea of a job or profession that has some merit. Bartimaeus was an honorable beggar who had a job of begging. He was self-employed, as it were. I never thought about that. <laughs> he was self-employed. He, he begged for a living. I don't think he liked begging or being somewhat helpless, but, uh, but it was his station in life. It, it brought him enough income that he could survive. He begged to survive that brought me to this. Where do you find yourself today? Are you doing what you really want to do? Are you just getting by because you find yourself in a situation that was dealt to you in some way? Blind Bart probably did not want to be a beggar, but this is where he found himself. It was his job. He had his station, for lack of a better, you know, in the movies you see him laying by the side of the road. I'm not real sure he didn't have a, a booth. He sat in and said, okay, give to the beggar, you know, give to the blind. Second thing to see here, blind Bart heard that Jesus was passing by. Look at verse 47 again. It says, and when he heard that it was Jesus of Nathers, he began to cry out he'd heard some, uh, at some level about this Jewish rabbi prophet who had been doing some miraculous healing around the area, and he heard that he was coming through Jericho. So he's sitting at his begging booth, if you would, along the side of the road doing his job when he hears the crowd stirring and finds out that Jesus is walking close by. This is my chance for a great change. let Let me bring this close to home for us. You know, the scripture is dead clear about the fact that when two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, that he's there in the midst of them. Do you believe that? Is he here this morning? Is he passing by this morning? Is he wanting to talk to us? Does he want to meet our need? You know, I fear that we as Christian church people come to church and we just sort of go through the thing. But we forget that Jesus is right here, walking right by. Blind Bartimaeus had his one chance. He had never had Jesus walk by. And he was going to jump at that chance. He wasn't going to let Jesus just walk by. What if we came into church on Sunday morning with the anticipation that Jesus was there and we were not going to let him walk by until he dealt with us? How would that change our church? And I'm not just talking about this church. How would that change any church? If the scripture is true, which I believe it is, it says that where two or three of us are, to, are gathered together in his name, he is there. He's in our midst. He is near. He is here. These classes are driving me crazy. Is that not right, though? So, what need do you have this morning that you would like Jesus to meet? He's here, and He can do that for you. If, If you'll call out to Him and seek Him, He says, seek me and you'll find me. That's replete all through Scripture. He's here. He promised that. He's here by his spirit and he can meet your need whatever it is. Blind Bart knew he was there. He couldn't see him by the way. Remember? He's blind. But he knew he was there. Now you guys can see, but you can't see him. Do you know he's there? He's here. Line Bart was not gonna miss his opportunity, his chance while Jesus was near. And I would encourage you, I think it would revolutionize the church in America and this church if we came to church with the recognition that Jesus is here and that I'm not gonna miss the chance of interacting with him on Sunday morning or Sunday evening or Wednesday night or whenever you meet together. Maybe in a we meet in the bar. You know, for the theology on tap, he's right there. He's right there. So, Blind Bart had a job. Blind Bart heard that Jesus was passing by. The third thing I want you to see is Blind Bart knew what he wanted. Look at verse 48. So, it says, Then many warned him to be quiet. He'd been yelling out at the end of verse 47. He says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. In a the crowd, being fickle as they are, they didn't want to make a scene, so they said, Shut up! You're making too much noise. Let Jesus come through and do what he wants to do. But Bart, being intent on making sure he met with Jesus, he cranks it up another notch. I think he became a charismatic right at that point. He went after it. It says here, Uh, Son of David, have mercy on me. In fact, he cried out loud enough that Jesus could hear him over the crowd. He knew what he wanted. There are always those in the crowd, those who are sometimes close to us, those who do not believe as we do, and they always seek to discourage us from expecting too much. You run into any of those folks? family members, eh, I don't want to do anything with that Jesus deal, I'm not going to mess with him, I'm not going to mess with you if you keep talking about him all the time, shut up, don't say anything about what God can do, you run into that, I run into that, <laughs> maybe I'm the only one. Blind Mark, blind Bart, excuse me, is making a ruckus. He's yelling for Jesus. He's desperate for a chance to get to Jesus so he can make, so he can ask him for what he wants. He's desperate. Now, here's where where I want to just draw the line here. We're going to set goals. January 1st, set some new goals. If you're desperate to get them, I believe you'll get them. Now, Bart didn't have January 1st to in him, but he was desperate to meet Jesus. That was his goal for that day. He heard he was coming through, and he was going to go after Jesus for all he was worth. I think desperation, if if it comes up underneath what you believe God wants you to do, will propel you to get those things answered. But the crowd... They tell him to shut up, leave Jesus alone. The crowd does not understand, nor does it want to have Jesus meet this man's need. The crowd is always wrong, almost always. What's the crowd saying to you about what you want to do? What is it that you want to do? Do you you announce it to anybody else? Or do you just talk to Jesus about it? Sometimes that's the best thing to do, by the way. Just talk to him first, then make sure you're online with him, and then let everybody else know what you're gonna do. But be ready, because the crowd is gonna be fickle and say, I don't think you can get that done. I don't think you can do that. The crowd, though, is almost always wrong. I believe that being a follower of Christ means that almost always we will go against the crowd. When I was growing up, my father used to always tell me, he says, if you're going to do what's right, more than likely you're going to have to go against the flow. I don't ever hear that anymore. But the church, if we're going to do what's right, if we're going to do what God wants us to do, if we're going to see God glorified. We're going to go against the flow of our culture and society. Just You can just bet on it. And I'm here to tell you that if you set a goal that is God's size, that God wants you to do, you're going to go against the flow. It's just going to happen. What business does light have to do with darkness? It's right there. Blind Bart seemed to understand this, and he turned up the volume, if you would. He's desperate for Jesus. How desperate are you for Jesus? I'd like to encourage you to use Blind Bart as an example, an illustration in your life. He is desperate, and I want to be desperate like him. Fourth thing to see. Blind Bart got Jesus' attention. Look at verse 49. It says, So Jesus stood still. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Just stop right there for a second. He's walking through Jericho. He's got this huge crowd around him. They're all clattering and wanting to see a miracle, wanting to see him do something, you know. And blind Bart's over here in his booth on the side. He's doing his job. And he starts yelling and screaming, and Jesus stands still. I, I believe with all my heart that if you want something so bad from God that you do not let him loose on it, you grab hold of him and you start yelling and screaming and shouting and praising and doing whatever, he'll stand still and he'll listen to you. And then he'll start to work. You know, I'm afraid our prayer lives at times are, oh, Lord Jesus, would you just take care of this? Thank you. And he goes, what would you say? And I think what he wants to hear from us is that cry of desperation. Lord, if you don't do this, I'm cooked. Help me, Lord. And at that moment, he'll stop. He'll stand still and he'll go, yeah, I hear you, beach I believe he works when we do that. He wants to hear the cry of our heart. He wants to hear that desperate cry that stands him still, if you would. It says, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Now look at the crowd here again. Look at this next part. It says, then they called the blind man, saying to him, oh, be of good cheer. What were they just saying to him a minute ago? Shut up. No, now be of good cheer. That's how fickle the crowd is. Rise up! He's calling you. Don't listen to the crowd, please. When God gives you a goal, when God gives you something He wants you to do, when you become desperate in your heart to do it, forget what everybody else is saying and go after Him. Go after Him with all your heart. He gave blind Jesus gave blind barred His attention out of all that crowd. Jesus asked him to come. The fickle crowd that had just told him to shut up now tells him to get up and go. And then I bet, you know what? I thought about this. I bet that once he got up and he started went, the whole crowd went quiet. They wanted to see what God would do. That's the way crowds operate. Forget the crowd. Fifth thing to see here. Blind Bart threw aside all he owned to meet with Jesus. Look at verse 50. It says, And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Verse 50 is telling, if you understand that as a beggar, Blind Bart probably only owned the clothes on his back. In other words, when he threw that cloak off, he gave up everything he owned in order to follow Jesus. That's the kind of desperation that God answers. Are you willing to throw aside everything you own, all that you are, to follow Jesus? Jesus wants one thing from us, and that's that focus on him. And Blind Bart only wanted one thing from him, and that was to see. And Everything else got thrown aside. So he asked him, look at verse 51, he says, what do you want me to do for you? That's sort of one of those duh questions. Why would Jesus ask that? I believe he wanted him to identify exactly what he wanted so that his faith could be put into operation, if you would. He asked him, what do you want? And Blind Bart blurts it out. This is one thing above everything else that he wants. He wants to see. He wants to be healed of his blindness. He's desperate to change the course of his life by having this one thing answered, this one thing changed, this one thing that could meet his goal. What are you desperate for? What one thing would change in your, lo- your life radically? If it happened in 2023, these are driving me crazy, excuse me. For, but what, what one thing, if God answered it this morning, if God began to work in your life this morning to see it happen in, in 2023, what one thing would radically change your life? Are you desperate for it? Do you believe that he wants to do it? Do you believe that he wants to touch you like he did blind Bartimaeus? Why is this story here if the Holy Spirit does not want to use it as an example of what he wants to do even today? Do you believe he can do it like he did it then? You know, I think a lot of times we come to the Bible and we go, okay, that's what happened then, it's not going to happen now. I don't believe the Holy Spirit gave this as an example if he did not want it to happen. But faith, faith is crucial. The last thing to see is blind Bart's desperation resulted in a new life. Look at verse 52. It says, then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith, your faith has made you well. He was desperate. He believed him for one thing. He had one goal. He had one thing that he wanted to see answered. He went to Jesus, and Jesus answered it. Your faith has made you well. That one thing had resulted in a complete change of direction of his life. Instead of being a beggar on the side of the road, now he could be a totally different person in society. I don't know what that would be. But he didn't have to stand by the side of the road because now he could see. He received his sight and, and there's something else in here I, I I caught this for the first time too and you, know, you read things and you just miss them but real quick it says and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road now Jesus told him to leave him but he stuck with him and I think the reason that Peter had Mark write this was because he was a part of the of the group that followed Jesus he wasn't one of the Apostles he wasn't one of the twelve but he was a part of the group and they all knew him. Bartimaeus, son of Tima- Timaeus. He couldn't get enough of Jesus. Once Jesus got a hold of him and cured him, he couldn't get enough of Jesus. You guys are here this morning because somewhere in your past, Jesus got a hold of you and you can't get enough of him. You're hoping you'll, he'll be here this morning. You're hoping you'll meet with him. You're hoping he'll speak to you this morning. But you've tasted him. And you love him, I believe. And I'm hoping that that will spread, if you would. Because when Jesus gets a hold of us, it completely changes us. But when Jesus gets a hold of us, he's not finished with us yet. (laughs) I think he grew uh, on blind Bart and Bartimaeus became one of his disciples. We don't know anything else about him past this. But I bet you he was a part of that first early group. The 120 maybe that met in the upper room in Acts 1. Maybe he was there. What are you desperate for? What in your life right now needs to be changed? What What can Jesus do that would totally Radically change 2023 for you. That one thing or maybe two, I would encourage you to just seek Him with all your heart about. Be desperate for Him and see what He does. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for these examples in your word of what you can do with a heart and a mind that is completely focused on you, God, I pray that you would uh, draw us near to yourself. Draw us into that that secret place where we can just f- understand what we need and then focus on you for the answer. Lord, I thank you for this story again. And I thank you for a new year and a new start in one sense. And I pray that you would use it for your glory. Thank you in Jesus' name.